Some tweens and some teens, of course, and it's good to see a good crowd here tonight uh, of young people for sure. And then a little trivia before Pastor Collins comes. Uh, I was reminded that uh, Elena, of course, uh, came to know Christ as Savior as a teenage girl in, in Germany. And I, I think, uh, well, they, did you go to that church, Reuben or Brother Collins, or did you at least know about the church, I guess? The church. One time, okay, but she, they went to the same church uh, that uh, Lena got saved in, of course, I believe, and so it's a small world, of course, that was a few years ago now, but uh, Brother Collins doesn't need any introduction, but Brother Collins, and he doesn't need any coach job for that matter either, but just for the FYI, even though you and I know a lot about Pastor Casey and the, the Adam Square Baptist Church, remember this here, that many folks here don't have a clue uh, what you're going to introduce here tonight, so just... Taking maybe a little extra time, then maybe you're going to, to, to introduce us to Pastor Casey, of course, who he is, and so forth, and the, the great testimonial. I don't think he's going to preach. I didn't. I didn't quiz him too much, but uh, I don't think he's going to preach. Just give us a testimonial of what took place on Thursday in was it in Concord or. Okay, all right. So, Pastor Collins, you need no introduction. You're a veteran around here. So, you come and uh, give us a testimony, incredible testimony tonight. I don't know if we're on tape here tonight or uh, hopefully we can get this on the website. Yes, that's a yes. That's a thumbs up. Thank you, Brother Collins. Appreciate you greatly. Good evening. I don't know where Pastor Shop be getting these piano players, amen? Man, that guy's good, amen? Good night. He be finding these people. I don't know where he finds them. I've been in ministry 20-something years, and the only one I found was me. And I had to learn, amen, and I'm, st- I'm still struggling. Man, I was looking at that, I was thinking, man, I wish I could go over there and just chop his hands off and put them on mine, amen. Wow. I like that guy, amen. I don't know who he is, but, hey, don't put an all-points bulletin out for him. He may, hey, he may be force-fed down in my cell, and, hey, you're going to teach me today. All right, take your Bibles, turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm 37. Uh, I thought about what I would teach, or I'm not even going to preach tonight. Um, I've known your pastor 20 years, uh, 21 years now. And um, we've, been, we, we, we've been friends for ever since we came to Rhode Island and so forth. And Pastor Shot is a, a lot of the reason why... Uh, I'm in Windsor. He almost messed it up, though. I always give him a hard time about that. I'll never forget that call I made to him, and I was in a, in a, uh, I was doing a pickup in Savannah in a tractor trailer, and I remember that. I was, boy, I was so nervous. And then I remember coming up here, and we had a Sunday night service when they had give us the vote for to come to Grace Baptist Church, and uh, I remember coming up here, stayed upstairs, and then went back to Florida and got everything in order and left. Came back up here, and uh, finally was able to get my wife a home. She's 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 pretty excited about it, amen. And uh, so we're pretty much uh, going to wrap it up here because uh, we took a thirty-year mortgage, and we know we're not going to live live long enough to to pay it off. So we're pretty stuck here. So, but uh, I'll tell you a little bit about Brother Casey. I I met Brother Casey. Um, a few years back, uh, but I knew his, I've known his wife for 20 years, and I've known his father-in-law and mother-in-law for 20 years, and uh, they used to put together, they used to have a camp every summer at Camp Wilmot in, uh, Wilmot in New Hampshire, and uh, I would take some of the inner city kids from 
Providence, and we take them up there so they go to Bible camp. And that's where I met Rachel Hutchinson and uh, John Hutchinson. Rachel, of course, is Brother Casey's wife. And um, um, John Hutchinson is her daddy. And what's Miss Hutchinson's name? I always call her Mrs. Hutchinson, so I, I don't remember what her name was. Carol, that's it, Carol, because I never call her Carol. So um, Mrs. Hutchinson, Carol Hutchinson is mom, Elizabeth, the daughter. I don't remember the, the, the son's name, but I remember them 20 years ago when we were, um, you know, just getting started in Providence and so forth. We, we got back to Connecticut in 2000. 14. I didn't really know um, Brother Casey at all at that time. Knew nothing about him. Uh, he went to Pastor uh, Townsley's school and, and graduated and uh, went to Worcester and took Adam Square Baptist Church. I knew that church. Uh, Bob Cody used to pastor that church. Uh, he came out of Rhode Island. He came out of uh, Pasco, uh, George Warren's church, New Hope Baptist Church. And he went past that church for a while, and a fellow who I went to Bible school named Brian Rose was in Worcester at the time, and uh, Bob Cody had a Bible uh, uh, Christian school at the Adams Square Baptist Church, and, and I can remember going over there a number of times. I preached there uh, one time before uh, uh, on deputation back in 1999, I believe it was, uh, but I really didn't think much about it uh, until when I got back to Connecticut, I met, met up with Brother Hutchinson. And he talked to me about his, um, actually, no, it wasn't. I met Brother Casey down there at, um, what's that place that you go down there and you spend all that money to see that whale and, and it's, it's overly priced? And, and, and That's it, that's it, that's it. I'm telling you, it, it's a, that's a mystic, all right. I'm telling you, $35 to go in there and that thing takes about 15 minutes. Are you kidding me? My wife, we took our grandkids down there and they said, Momo, we want to go. Don't worry, we're going. Don't listen to him. It'd be all right. He's, he's cheap, but he, you're going. Hey, you know what I just did? I'm going. That's the, way it go, that's the way it works. But we met him at that marriage seminar that Brother, um, that Brother Townsley had when we first got here six years ago. Um, and I, I, we saw Rachel, and I met him, and that was pretty much it. I saw him... <laughs> I saw, I saw him. Um, I saw him with Brother Hutchison one once. Uh, one um, one day, Coretta and I went up there to to talk to Brother Hutchison about painting his his church. Uh, we don't know how to paint anymore, so we we don't paint churches anymore. Yeah, you you don't need any paint here, so we do paint, amen. And so uh, we went up there to talk to him, and lo and behold, his son-in-law comes. He has a a um, u-haul truck and he's picking up some insulation for the church and and he says i gotta go back and get me some fuel oil i said fuel oil i said man how long is it gonna take you to get back he said take a little while to get back i said okay praise the lord i said fuel oil late i said i deliver fuel oil i still do i said nobody deliver no fuel oil he said i'm getting fuel oil late at night i said i don't want to hear it i don't want to hear it at all amen hey the brother said i got to keep it warm in the church i said praise the lord amen and um, so kind of, he bought my lunch that day. And I said, that guy's kind of a, he's kind of a go-getter, man. He's, 
I like this guy. I said, he's kind of bootleg is what he is. He's kind of a hacker. I said, I like this guy. He just, he got a hoodie on. You know what I mean? He's a preacher and he's got a hoodie. I said, all right. I can get down with that, amen? And, uh, and so he goes back and I, and, I, and I talk with Brother Hutch and he said, yes, my son-in-law, he's pastor in Adam Square Baptist Church. I, said, I know that church. I said, I preached in that church. I said, okay. So I kind of, that was probably, that was it until, until um, March of 2020 that I hear his name again. I never really called him. I never talked to him. I kind of leave preachers alone. You know, I don't just, you know, I don't know you. I'm kind of acquaintance, fine. We're, if you need my help and I find out that, that you need some help, I, hey, I'm there for you. Um, I'll be a blessing to you. And uh, I got an email from the New England Baptist Fellowship, and it said that um, Pastor Casey is going to open his church. Now, we had, we, had, we had a church service on the 15th of April. Shortly thereafter, Kenny Baldwin, uh, down in Virginia, uh, tested positive for COVID-19, ended up in the emergency room, and it looked really bad. And that thing kind of shocked and, and kind of rocked, rocked me. And so we had, we, we, we tried the, uh, the, I call it TV church, for a couple of weeks, and I just couldn't take it anymore. And so we, me and my assistant pastor, we, 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 we when this thing broke, we decided we were going to meet every night to pray and discuss how we were going to make decisions for the church. And we came up with this drive-in church we'd seen and that was back when they was arresting people for having drive-in church. And my son, Rube, back there, we had one drive-in service, and, he, and, he's, and they got the mic, the, the, um, I mean, this is a nervous time now. It's not nearly like it is today. And they got the uh, walkie-talkies, and you can hear Rube, the cops are coming, and they're running down hard. And I'm saying, oh, good night. We're in trouble, man. <laughs> and, I, you know, I'm on there. I'm, I'm saying, Matthew, you got to take care of this. And they just went right on by. I mean, it was real tense. It was really tense back then, church. I mean, it's still tense to a degree, but not like it was then. And we, we had decided the first Sunday of April that we would have drive-in church. And we did drive-in church for four weeks. And then the 30th of, uh, the 30th of April was the, stop the, the 45 days to stop the spread. And I said, I can't take this no more. We got to go back into church. We, we, just, we, we, got, we need church. But before that, before that, Brother Casey, I got an email that he's going to open his church. And he's going to open his church on the 26th of April. And I said, wow. And I, I, I got on his live stream and watched this. I, I didn't watch it live because we was having drive-in church that Sunday. That was the last drive-in church service we had was the 26th of April. And he said... And boy, they were, they, were, they, were, they were bringing it to him. I mean, it was, it was hot. It was hot down there in Worcester. And he made this statement at the end of his message. He said, if we could just have some preachers to rise up and open their churches. If everybody would open their church, he said, what are they going to do? Close all of us down? That's what the man said. That's exactly what he said. And I, and I said, you know something? We're going to open our church Sunday. And so we opened the church on the 3rd of May. 
And I'm telling you, our folks thought I was stone crazy. I might even thought I was stone crazy, amen? You might think that today. And you'd partially be right, amen. Brother Casey opened his church on the 26th of April, that Sunday. And the media and the police showed up. And they put the pressure on that preacher. And I was driving for Walgreens, and I was up in Gorham, New Hampshire, and I called him. I said, preacher, how'd it go? He said, they're on me. Yeah. It's, it's tough, brother, but I got to keep going. I got to keep going. I'm telling you, he's younger than I am. He's got a lot more going than I do. And, you know, personally, I'm not all that, all that. I am pretty much of a coward at times. And from time to time, hey, I just need, I just need to hear somebody say, I'll do it, and I'll say, let's go. Sometimes we're like that, aren't we? We are. Look, let's just stop the madness and stop the, stop, stop the facades, amen? Hey, when it gets, when it gets ugly and it, it's hard sometimes, you just need somebody to say, hey, let's go. Oh, is somebody here too? Oh, let's go. You going to go by yourself? I don't know. You go with me. We can get, we can get to it. Just being transparent with you, church. But I'll never forget what he said. If every preacher would open their church, they, couldn't, they wouldn't be able to shut us all down. And so I called him that, that Monday, and I said, how'd it go? It's tough. He said, they're threatening me. They want me to shut the church down. I said, what you going to do? He said, we having church. I said, I like guys like this, man. I just like guys like this. I said, okay. I said, brother, I wish I could. I said, I wish that, um, I wish I could come and be in your service. I said, but we open in church Sunday too. Pray for us. We pray for you. So we went back into church and I had people ask me, preacher, ain't no churches open in Windsor. You got the, you have authorization to do that? I said, I sure do. I do. And in all reality, the governor really didn't close it down for anything less than anything over 50. But the bottom line was at that time, it was so hard. It was, hey, you, you didn't just make these decisions arbitrary. Oh, it'd be all right. Hey, you had to consider everything. We didn't know what was going on at that time. And I said, I'd love to be with you, brother. And so the third, he has church on May 3rd. It's our first service inside. I called him on Monday on the road. I said, hey, brother, how is it? He said, it's tough, brother. I said, okay. I remember it. I said, my, I said me and my family, we'll, we come into church on Wednesday, okay? At that time, we opened the church for service, but we didn't have Wednesday at that time. We, we decided we was just going to have a Sunday morning service. We was going to come in. We was going to disinfect the whole church, have church, you know, ropes, masks, everything, usher people out, distance, health station, cleansing stations all over, everything. And I said, we're not having Wednesday service, so me and my assistant pastor, my wife, and uh, we're coming up. And his little boy, Matthew, said, Daddy, I want to go with you. And so that was the 7th of May. Do you have that picture up there? 
the one of Brother Casey. Uh, well, there's only two. That's it. Well, it's kind of, it'd be all right. It's kind of, you can get the gist of it. The guy that's there, don't worry about him anyway. He's not handsome, amen? So don't worry about him. So that's me, my wife, and Brother Casey, pastor of the Adam Square Baptist Church. And where it is blacked out right there is the sign that says Adam Square Baptist Church. Now, where we came in, in at, we had to socially distance down the, down, the, down the walkway on this side of the church. And every media outlet from Boston was there. And they wanted to, and I said, my wife said, you're going to say, I ain't saying nothing. I ain't talking to these folks because I don't want to make it bad for Brother Casey because I'm getting out of here. And at that time, if you went to Massachusetts, you had to quarantine. You know, we live in Connecticut. You remember when they would, folks from New York would go to Rhode Island and they'd stop them? The state police would stop them and make them quarantine? That, we, we got short memories. And, and so we went, we went to, we went into service. And when I got into the church service, actually, we were standing here, and he was there, and he was greeting folks in, and I looked up at him, and, uh, and he did one of these. And you, you just knew. That's the tensest I've ever been in a church service ever in my life. All the media's out there. The police are out there. They're asking this guy to shut it down, and he won't give. He won't budge. And he won't move. And the guy was an inspiration to me. He just was. He just was. Hey, some of hey, we preachers too. We we made out of the same things you made out of. Sometimes we get nervous in this thing, get worried, get get concerned. Hey, some of the stuff that we be preaching, we we don't live. I'm just saying. I know you don't hear preachers be honest like that. They just it's a blessing. We went in that service, and if you notice, my hand is it's blue, and brother, hand, brother Casey, let me give you Brother Casey's protocols. I mean, this guy was militant. I loved it. He's what he said. When you come in here, you got to wear a mask the whole time. You take it off, we're escorting you out of here. He said, if you don't have gloves, we got them. Put them on. If you take them off, you're out of here. I'm, I'm telling you, it was the tensest service I've ever been in in my life. You take them off, you're out of here. We're going to escort you to your seat, and we've got this six-foot ruler, and we're going to make sure you're six foot away from somebody, and we're going to sit you down. If you've got to get up for any reason during the service, we're taking you out of here. <laughs> hey, he's giving me this. I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm all right with it. I'm all right. Because you know what I understand? If somebody got sick at that church at that time, Brother Casey was going down. He said, we've cleaned the bathrooms. We ask that you don't use them. But if you have to use them, when you're finished, you know what's coming. We're taking you out of here. <laughs> Brother Casey ain't playing, man. He ain't playing. You watch this. I hope this brings glory to God and, and encouragement to Brother Casey and to his wife. Because, man, I'm going to tell you something. I was just soft. But a man like that helped me to 
to go on and help our church to do what we knew it was right and needed to do. And so we went into church. Hey, we hadn't stopped to go to the restroom. I'm looking at my wife. She's looking at me. She's looking back at the bathroom. Hey, I said, you know what that man said, didn't you? We're taking you out of here. <laughs> I said, look, you're going to have to act like your husband as a truck driver for this one, amen? You're gonna have to, we're going to have to wait, and we'll catch that pilot in Sturbridge on the way back. I'm sorry. I'm not even sure that that was even safe. Hey, but at that, about that time, it didn't matter how safe it was. We had to go. <laughs> so we came back, and we left that service. And he, he just preached. We didn't have any singing. We sat there. He preached. But when I, when I got in the building, his wife was taking temperature checks. And she was nervous because here's what the chiefs, here's what the, uh, the word was that they were going to arrest him that night. Remember that, sweetheart? Brother Casey didn't know if he was going to leave that church in cuffs that night. And I'm telling you, it was tense in that building. And she, she was a mess. And I told her, I said, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. He's doing what's right. He's doing what's right. I said, I wish I could hug you, but we can't do that. She said, I'm just so nervous. I said, you'll be all right. It's going to be all right. Now take my temperature so I can go to church. So we went into church. He preached. He stood us up. And he said, me and my wife are going to the back of the church. And we're going to greet you. When we go out, don't know what's going to happen. Everybody leaves. Nothing. Nothing. Now, I've left a lot of things out because they're not needed to be said, some of the things he shared with me. But I left that night, and I looked at that man, and I said, I want to be like that. We need preachers like that. Yeah, that's what we need. We need guys that, that mean what they say and say what they mean and that are willing to put it on the line. And we drove home, and we were the only car on the road on Interstate 290. We're the only car. We get on 84, no cars. I'm telling you, it was, well, we got on 90, then, of course, 84, no cars. It was, it was tense back then. We got home, and um, I told him, I said, Brother Casey, as long as you need us, we'll come up on Wednesdays. And uh, things were so fluid, and things were changing daily. And we did go back up the next week, but the next week it was, all the media was gone. It was like, it was like the breath of God breathed on that place. And I looked at him and I said, Brother Casey, there's no need for us to come back anymore. You, you're doing a great job here and God's giving you the victory. And I said, next week we're going to have Wednesday service at our church. So that'll be it for here. And uh, about the time I got home, that the, the, first, the first Wednesday, we, um, I got a text, messages, a text message from him about the time I hit... 291 from 84 in Manchester. And he said, 
You never know how much that meant to me and my wife for you to come to church. You know what? You know what I think of preachers? If you don't got nothing good to say about the man, why don't you just keep your mouth closed? If you don't agree with him, just leave it alone. The same preachers that are talking in your face all the time, they want to take your place, backstabbers. That's not Bible, I know. But you're amazed at all the criticism that he got. He did get a lot of encouragement. He got a lot of criticism. And that was pretty much it. I kind of just didn't think about anything else and went on with my ministry, went on with his ministry. You know, we kept going. He kept going. And, and so, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I got another email from New England Baptist Fellowship email. And, uh, and right before it, I got a text message from Brother Casey. And uh, I don't have my phone because my phone always rings. I don't like bring it into church. And uh, it said that they're going to have a part in hearing. And I'd known a little bit about his history. And that's kind of why I liked him, too, because I was an old criminal myself. Amen? I'm just saying. And uh, now I'll give you the testimony of, 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 the, of the Thursday, kind of give you just a little bit of background. And just leave it, just leave it here, because uh, I don't want you to advance it to the next one until a specific point. We, we got that text message from him, and uh, it said they go, he, he needs to go, has a pardon hearing before the governor of the state of New Hampshire where he grew up in and got into trouble and arrested and incarcerated. He got arrested in, I believe it was 99. He got a two-year bid. And he went to Berlin, and a preacher named Dana Hoyt led him to Christ. And he got saved. Hey, I'm not talking about this, this saved that don't change nobody's st saved stuff. I'm talking about saved that change a man radically like the scriptures teach us. Amen? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Man, oh, man. He got saved, and he changed in jail, not to get out of jail, but because he was a new creature in Christ Jesus. And so I don't know all the particulars. I was able to get some of the particulars when I sat in the hearing, and I went up there, and uh, it was uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, Brother Schott called me, and he, and he, was, he asked me if I was going to go up there, and at that time I was fighting with my wife, Amen. We're just having a disagreement, you know, translation of fight, amen? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know you never have one of those, amen? She teed me off and I teed her off. I wasn't talking to her, she wasn't talking to me. And we was loving Jesus through it all, amen? It was terrible, amen? So Marty calls me up and he says, uh, oh, excuse me, Pastor Shaw calls me up and he says, well, you sound down today. Yeah, I sure am. And if you don't get this woman away from me, she's going down, Amen? I ain't tell him all that, though, amen? I, he said, you going to see Brother Casey? I said, I don't even know. I, I got to go. I got to get out of here. The last person I want to talk to is a preacher, amen? <laughs> and uh, so, so finally I decided to talk to her a day later. 
and tell her I was sorry because it really was my fault. Don't say amen right away. We got to ride home together. <laughs> and um, we was going to church Wednesday. It's terrible for preachers. You have to get right before Wednesday or Sunday because you're going to preach to people. So you probably don't need to have a bad attitude. So, so I finally said Wednesday, she said, I noticed your text message because our phones are hooked. So anything that I get, she gets. And she says, I noticed Brother Casey sent you a message. Are you, are you going up there? And so I sent him a message back. Still on? He said, yes. I said, 10 o'clock? He said, yes. I said, see you in the morning. And so we had church. We went to bed, Coretta and I. We got up in the morning about 6 o'clock. Got cleaned up, and we headed for Concord. Uh, we, got, we got there. We were, actually, we were actually the first ones there. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quirky like that, amen? I'm a truck driver, so I, I just don't like being late anywhere. And so we get up there, and um, we, we, we go into the readiness. It, it was on the National Guard base. And, um, and as soon as we got in there, you know, we put our mask on and everything and walked in, and, and uh, they said, it's going to be at 10 o'clock. I said, okay. And so we sat down, and, you know, people started coming in. I got a chance to meet Brother Casey's mother. I'd never met her before. Uh, Brother Hutchinson came. Uh, Brother Boyle from down at Central came, and a couple other preachers came. Um, uh, you know, uh, Brother Hoyt was there, was giving testimony, and a couple of, uh, a brother named Brother Swanky, he gave testimony. Uh, yeah, that I don't know him, but he he gave testimony. I guess they went to school together with Brother Casey, and um, he uh, he gave testimony uh, of him. And then it was it, what it was is it, it was the most it was the most unusual setting that I've ever seen. The governor Sununu comes in, and he's got five guys. He's got let's see, two well two on this side and two on this side. And he, he call, I, I think that they were attorneys. I don't know what they were. I just know they was important people, amen, because they was up there and I was sitting over there. So I just knew that there was something up with these guys. They, they obviously held this guy's pardon in, in their hand. There's no question about it. I didn't know all. The, I knew who the governor was, but I didn't know who these gentlemen were. And then they had a lady on the phone, right? And uh, he said, now, we got two orders of business today. We're going to swear in 168 representatives. I said, oh, brother, we're going to be here forever. And then we got this matter of pardon for Christopher Casey. And so he's got his little aide. He's saying, call these folks up and get on a conference call because COVID-19, we can't all meet. We're going to do a conference call. So he gets these folks on a call. And then he says, is everybody there? And the phone goes, whoop, 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 whoop. And it just, it's piercing to the ears. You know what I mean? And then the governor's looking there like, hey, you need to fix this. You know, he's giving them one of them looks like, Hey, you better get this together. And so he, he, they try it, and they, then they have one of the National Guard guys come in, change the cables out and everything, and, and then look, and then, then they try it again, and it, it doesn't work. And he's got the lady on the other end, and then the 168 representatives, and they're going to read their names one by one. I said, no, this, this can't take place today, amen. And so it... He does it again. Whoop, 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 whoop. This is, it's just insane. And then the governor says, well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give him the oath of office, and I'm just going to assume that I can hear them. I've never seen anything like it. He said, I 
State your name. Nobody repeats back. And then he goes through the whole oath of office. Congratulations. And then he sits down. He said, that's the most awkward thing I've ever done in my life. And I, I'm looking at Coretta. I said, that's the most awkward thing I've ever seen in my life. That's the craziest thing. And then I got to thinking, wait a minute. We're done. Now we get to deal with the, the issue why we're all here. You're going to love this church. You're going to love this. Counselor and Mr. Casey come sit and you give your testimony. Counselor gives his testimony. He talks about the law and stuff. And I didn't understand a lot about what he was saying. Then Brother Casey, he gave his testimony. I understood exactly what he was saying. He said, Governor Sununu, let me tell you how Jesus saved my soul and changed my life forever. And he gave his testimony, and he gave the gospel to the, um, to the governor of the state of New Hampshire and his, his staff and told exactly what the Lord did for his life and changed him in prison and that uh, he's a pastor now and he's got a wife and he's got four children and he loves God and he's never been in, in jail again and he's, and he's paid all his restitution and he's taken care of everything and, and he's never been delinquent on anything. He's been a changed man. So, you know, you know most folks say, yeah, we've heard that before. And then after he's done, he gets up. And then Pastor Hoyt, uh, the, the, the preacher in jail, he gets up. And he tells us about three types of criminals. He said, those here, those here, and those here. And uh, I just, I'm not, a, I've never been in prison ministry. I wasn't saved then. But uh, um, I've never been in jail ministry, I mean. Anyway, um, there's these, you, you could just forget it. All they're going to do is try to do all they can to get over. You understand what that means. These here, they're never going to do it again, and they're going to they're change their life. Few. And then you got people in the middle. They don't know what they want to do. He said, this guy's way over here. He said, this guy is an example. This guy, his life has totally changed. And so he gave his testimony of Pastor Casey. He went and sat down. Then Pastor Swanky gave his. I, I didn't really pay, pay too much attention to Pastor Swanky because I, I didn't really know him. And he, he said some of the, he overlapped on Pastor, um, uh, Pastor Hoyt. And he, he talked about them going to, I remember him talking about them going to Bible school. And, um, you know, he, he went to preach for Brother, uh, Brother um, Casey down at his church and, and he was uh, asked him if he was hungry. He's going to take him, get him some pizza. And he said, uh, yeah, I'm sure hungry. He said, he rolled the windows down. You two guys want some pizza? Oh, yeah. He said, all right, Brother Swank, you buy them some pizza and buy me some pizza. Let's go. Grabbed him, took him, bought him some pizza, and tried to win him to Christ. Amen? It's just, you got to know this guy, Chris Casey. He, he just, the guy's not afraid of nothing. I mean, he might be at home, but I'm telling you, he, he's just, he's a hard charger for Christ. Just saying. And so after Pastor Schwanky, he had a, a, a guy he grew up with. And this was probably the best testimony I heard. He sits down, he says, my name is so-and-so. I can't remember the young man's name. I grew up with him. And let me tell you just about how this guy was as a kid. He was a jerk. He is an idiot. He was a, he was a loser. He said, but can I tell you something? He and I, we differ. I differ with some of the stuff he believes, but he said, he said, Governor Sununu, does you see those people on TV talk about they got Jesus? 
they just talking. This guy got Jesus, and I ain't no Jesus guy. But I'm telling you, this guy, this ain't the same guy that did the things that he did. I grew up with this guy. I watched them take him out of the courtroom. I went there to visit him, and this guy changed in the prison. I am telling you, this is not the same guy. He got up. Mrs. Rachel Casey, your turn. She's the final one. Man. She said, you know my husband as inmate number bum, 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 bum. But I know him as my husband. And boy, she fell apart and everybody in that whole room fell apart. My wife's crying. I'm crying. Hey, I, the governor's over there. He's trying to hold it back, man. Give it, give it up, governor. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. These are the stories we're looking for, Amen. These are the stories of redemption we want to hear. We want to proclaim. These are the things that happen when Jesus changes a life. Jesus changed that man's life. And then she talked about, I love my husband. I love my children. And he's not, I don't know what he was like back then because I don't know that person. Between each one of those persons giving a testimony, the governor gave each one of those lawyers an opportunity to ask them questions. And the one guy, one of the guys, he was all right. Nah, he wasn't. Whatever. He asked, uh, he, he said to brother, brother, Ray, uh, brother Casey, I watched you from the day, from the minute you walked in here. You didn't know I was watching you. I was watching you. I watched you walk in here holding your wife's hand, and it didn't look like no show to me. He said, he wanted to say it. You're a good man. You could just tell. A couple of the other guys, there was one guy, no. Nope. Uh, no. Nope. They'd say, do you have a question for Brother Casey? You have, brother Ca- you have a question for Brother Casey? You have a question for Brother Hoyt? You got a br- question all the way down. And then they'd always come to this lady on the uh, phone, and she'd say, I'm all set. I'm all set. You know, classic New England, amen? I'm all set. And, and I just thought she's kind of just blowing it off. You know what I mean? Do you, Madam Counselor, do you have a question for, I'm all set. I'm all set. And I'm thinking, okay, all right. Well, I guess they got the paperwork they know. Every witness, everybody, she wouldn't ask anybody anything. So we get to the end, and the governor is saying, well, can't make it, you know, we have to put this on the docket or something for the two weeks from today or so forth. And, um, uh, well, I'm sorry, I I didn't get to this point. I missed this whole spot. Go ahead and advance that slide. All right. It's that same box, isn't it? There we go. Now, do you see that that button? I support Chris Casey. We all got those. Somebody from his church had a made, or some lady had a made, and she was passing them out. So we put one on. Coretta put one on, and all of us put one on. You know who this lady is? She's the prosecutor. You know, the person that likes to, not likes, but does the job of putting people away? 
She's the prosecutor. I believe it's from Merrimack uh, County Court. She goes up there, and she's the only one represented from the court. We think he ought to be pardoned. Thank you, Governor. Just go sit down. I'm thinking, she, she, you know, she gives a spill, and she says, we're in 100% favor of this man being pardoned. That's the prosecutor. So we're getting ready to, Governor Sununu's getting ready to wrap this thing up. And he says, do you have any questions? He says to his guy, do you have any questions? Guy over here. And then the guy in the corner, he never asked any. I didn't even know if he was breathing over there, amen? That guy, he, nah, I'm all right. Good. I think he's already read up, but he, he's all right. He didn't, he, good. And then he'd always, he, Madam Counselor, and she says, I'm all set. She said, and then she said, I got one thing to say, Governor Sununu. Um, after hearing all this that we've heard, why don't we just pardon the guy now? Oh, no, we can't. We got protocols. We're, no, we can't. We're going to have to put this on the thing. I'm thinking, I'm with the lady, amen? I don't know about all this other government stuff because to me, I'm just a bootleg preacher. Hey, let's just get it done, amen? Well, it's kind of, no, we're going around those. Well, no, no. Well, there's some red tape. Cut it. Get some scissors. Hey, no. Well, we need it. No, no. We got stuff to do. Let's get it done. And I'm preaching. Hold, no, we ain't holding on. We're, we're rolling. I'm with that lady. Amen. And he said, you know, legally. And I'm sitting there thinking, hey, who cares about that? Amen. <laughs> Talking about it. I'm thinking, wait a minute. <laughs> That's what this is all about. And so two weeks from last Friday, day before yesterday, they're going to convene again up there and determine the, the outcome. They had people sign the sheet. Nobody was opposed to it. Everybody spoke highly about it. He preached the gospel. The prosecuting attorney was in favor of it. And I shook his hand, and I walked up to his attorney, put my hand in his, and thanked him. I said, thank you for supporting our friend. And I said, Brother Casey, I love you, my friend. And I got in my car, and I drove back home. And he thanked me for coming and sent me that picture. And he said, wasn't that a blessing? I said, man, I probably won't see Brother Casey for another six years or so. The one thing I said to his wife, though, I said, when I first got in there, I said, Rachel, every time I see you, you have something to do with the cops, man. What's going on? She said, Pastor Collins, I was the good girl. I was the good girl. I said, you're doing right. Your husband's doing right. Follow him. He's doing right. Say, you hadn't read no Bible. No, I'm going to read you one verse, and then I'm going to pray and go home. Psalm, 73, Psalm 37, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I believe God delights in some people's ways. I think we follow people as they follow Christ. They get out of the way of Christ, then we, we decide to go a different route, and we follow Christ. That was a blessing to sit in that courtroom that day. It wasn't even a courtroom. It was a, the conference room. 
it was a joy to sit in that church that day, and I've got great memories. You know, my brother lives in Yarmouth, Massachusetts. Of course, I grew up in Falmouth, in Mashpee. And my brother saw me on Boston News, amen, standing in line to go to church. You know what my big brother said? <laughs> hey, my, bro- my, my brother opened his church. That's what he said. When I went to my brother's mother-in-law's funeral in Rainham, I sat down with my brother. And my brother said, give me those pictures of Brother Casey. He said, that's my brother. My brother's unsaved. My brother said, that's my brother. He opened his church. My brother took a stand. Okay, I wish I could say, hey, hey, bless God, I'm opening it. He crazy. I was scared too. You know what my brother was saying? I'm proud of my younger brother. Amen. Amen. You never know what God will do in your life if you follow that which is right.